you're listening to the Bitcoin Takeover Podcast, the Bitcoin podcast for OGs and intermediaries. Make sure you subscribe, leave a comment, and like this episode. Also, read the new BTCT KVR magazine. This episode is sponsored by Wasabi Wallet, Crypto Steel, Shop in a Bit, and Sadodime. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening. listening. Welcome to the Bitcoin Takeover Droncast. I'm here with the contributors of BTC Pay Server, who today announced that they were going to launch the BTC Pay app, something truly revolutionary that's using LDK and is also using technology by Spiral and got a lot of retweets. Elon Musk is going to pay me because I posted that and I got a lot of engagement. Thank you, Elon. Also, fuck you, Elon, for other reasons. But basically, there's four of us in the shot right now. There is Pavlenex, who is the product manager at BTC Pay Server. There is Anna from Huddle Huddle, who did all the hard work to organize Baltic Honey Badger. And this is the last day of the conference. That's why we are all so messed up. And she did all the hard work, and she's also the product manager at Huddle Huddle. And there's also Andrew, better known as Cooks. He has been on the podcast before, a year and a half ago. And he is a brilliant coder who did the integration of Wasabi Wallet and the sponsor of the, of the show. Download Wasabi Wallet and try it with BTC Pay Server because it also works on your mobile. Anyway, now that we got the shilling out of the way, let's talk about, let's start first of all with BTC Pay app and then we can go to Baltic Honey Badger and why we're here and other bear market discussions. Who's going? Should I start? Okay, so BTC Pay mobile app. Um, I guess today we had the BTC Pay Day in Riga, which is a dedicated event that we organized third year in a row here in Riga. Um, huge thanks to Hall Hall for helping us organize these events and for sponsoring also Gin Tonics for uh, this specific podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we had a BTC Pay Day where we uh, announced that uh, we had a big announcement though so we hyped it up and we announced that we will be building so it's not there yet we plan to build a BTC pay mobile app um, which will allow any merchant to accept Bitcoin uh, in a non-custodial way and maybe cooks can talk a little bit more on how we technically um, plan to, to achieve that yeah let's do this let's let's try and discuss this with some gin tonics in our in our brain um, so <laughs> so the idea here is that we're actually going to be getting uh, LDK uh, running inside uh, a brand new uh, native application that we're developing as, uh, as part of the BTC Pay stack. Uh, we're going to be running it on desktop, uh, mobile devices, uh, even potentially 
uh, on the web. Um, so the idea here is that we're replacing the idea that you need to use these uh, pre-existing lightning, no uh, lightning node implementations such as LND, C Lightning. We want to make sure that we take full control so we can fix all the pain points we've seen over the years. Um, I think we can make a great product now. Um, the idea is that uh, we want to allow servers to be run by by ambassadors or you know just people that want to help people just accept Bitcoin, uh, but they don't want to be cust uh, custodial providers for Lightning. So people will be running a native app on their phone or desktop. It will connect and pair with your with a BTC pay server hosted by somebody else, and it will allow them to accept Lightning payments uh, non-custodially. All the all the Lightning stuff will, no, node stuff will be running on your phone. Uh, all the server will be doing will be just generating invoices as usual, and it will act like a remote node. I think that's the basics, right? Yeah. So w one thing we, well, I, I guess this can be a good segue into why we are here in the first place, Vlad. But um, yeah, here in Riga, we are attending Baltic Honey Badger Conference, which is this is like fourth conference, Anna, right? It was. Yeah the fifth edition of the Baltic Honey Badger Conference and our first anniversary. Whoa. Yes. Uh, we held three stages and most of the talks will be available to watch. We had a live stream, you can watch it. Some of the talks will be available only in voice recorded format. And we had the proof of work stage powered by BTC Pay where people were demonstrating their projects, uh, showcasing their products, and doing demos. Yeah. All right. No, it wasn't us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, we're, we're here to basically present our stuff every year. Um, last year, we did the same thing. We, we showcased what we were building, what we wanted to what we we showcase basically what we're building how we how we plan to execute the plan we have and what we expect uh, and what kind of feedback we want from you and this year we're just trying to we kind of figured it out right we know what we need to build um, it's not going to be like something we just you know flesh out in a week or two it's going to be a long multi-year process just to get something nice and usable by everyone um, I'd, I'd say what, one year two year one year one year. One year All right, one year. Uh, <laughs> uh, one year. Yeah, maybe two years. So, two weeks, oh shit. <laughs> I uh, think we did a test flight at this year's Baltic Honey Badger. Yeah. Didn't we? <laughs> well, we, we, did, we did a demo, basically, of how we want things to operate. But uh, that's uh, like, uh, so all the merchants at Honey Badger were running BTC Pay. Uh, they had a, pr a dedicated point-of-sale terminal, um, but there, there's still the issue that they were running everything in a custodial manner. manner. Like they were trusting a central server for everything. Like we could have rug pulled everyone. <laughs> Maybe that's not redacted. Redacted. <laughs> no, no, no. These guys never, 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 never gonna happen. Um, but we have. This is basically the plan for. We want to remove this problem. That's why BTC Pay app will, will is coming. The idea, yeah. That's why we want to build BTC Pay app so that each merchant can have the Lightning node running on their device. They can accept uh, payments coming incoming to the server, and they can have the BTC Pay server managed by uh, an ambassador that can help them, you know, get everything set up without having them completely equated with. Uh, 
<laughs> acquainted with uh, with how Bitcoin works and all and the Lightning Network and channels. Um, one thing we want to also state is that basically channel management is still there, right? So uh, we'll be doing an integration of the LSP spec that is going to be available at some point. You want to join in, Dennis? What's up? We need your comments. Wasabi Wallet is unfairly private. It's the most advanced and most used Bitcoin privacy wallet with half a million downloads across Windows, Mac OS, and Linux, as well as thousands of fresh new Bitcoins getting mixed every month. Wasabi makes use of the new generation Wabi Sabi engine to create mega coin joins, thus mixing your Bitcoins with those of hundreds of other users. From outs lower than 0.01 BTC and remixes, you pay no coordination fee. Even if you don't use CoinJoins, Wasabi Wallet has a native Tor integration and downloads block filters to help you keep your network level and public key privacy. Download Wasabi Wallet for free today at wasabiwallet.io and experience the future of Bitcoin privacy. We're going to have Dennis from BTC Pay Server, who will be taking Andrew's place to talk about the BTC Pay app. No, no, get get on, Dennis. Now you can add your commentary to the whole situation. What was your contribution to the BTC Pay app? And when do you see it launching? They established the term, but we want to see if there is consensus among contributors. Uh, I think having it available to show today was already a great success so yeah <laughs> one, year. one year hashtag two years <laughs> maybe what was it that you did for the application i showed it and uh, made people <laughs> aware that this is not some kind of vaporware <laughs> <laughs> people in the audience I mean, are that's also very important i think Right, so why did you choose Baltic Honey Badger to show this off? What is it about this conference that you like so much? Why did you not go to Miami where you could have had a larger crowd? Or why did you not do this at BTC Prague? No, I'm not trying to diminish the role of these conferences. I'm just trying to figure out your thought process for choosing an event like Baltic Honey Badger, which is like medium-sized. Yeah, I, I, I can maybe start with that one. So. Um, we love Riga, we love all whole guys. They're always very welcoming to, to the BTC Pay team specifically, and we built great relationship over the years. So this is our third uh, event that we are organizing here. And as we really said on the BTC Pay Day, BTC Pay is a movement, it's a family, one big family. And when we are doing big announcements, I guess we prefer to do it within circle of friends, uh, family, and our own bubble so that we can get early feedback, early input on why this may or may not be a good idea. So that was the goal. Uh, announce it within the very focused group of people who really like BTC Pay Server and use it. And then from there, uh, we will see how, how things move uh, from there, I guess. And it's also a thing of showing people, well, we are right now starting with it. We haven't... Uh, so this is a project that's... Uh, further away and so Baltic Honey Badger crowd feels like the better group of people to announce this to and have a closer group of 
people who can then uh, go on and test it early on. Are you happy about the answer, Anna? Did they flatter the organization? I'm very happy and I appreciate all the credits we're uh, given and I'm happy with how it all went and I'm bullish and looking forward for the next year and the things we can build because I see that even our test flight with the merchants and everything went perfect. So yeah, just looking forward for doing more. Why should people come to Baltic Honey Badger? What's special about this event in this European city of Riga? I think guys already brought most of it up. Um, Baltic Honey Badger is just a community gathering, the family gathering, if you can refer to it like this, that we've been doing since 2017, actually. Uh, and every time you're here surrounded by the people, um, people who share your values, people who've been doing that journey with you for quite some time. Uh, you get that special vibe, you're inspired, you're motivated to do and build more. You come here and you just work on new ideas and brainstorm and deliver. You deliver, yeah. Yeah, can, can I just add like a Baltic County budget compared to other uh, conferences? In terms of budgeting, is really like uncomparable. Like you guys have way less funding and budgeting, but yet you year after year you manage to like make conference better. Like learn from all of these things you learn from previous years, and you guys keep improving. And somehow, like the atmosphere in Riga is always very special. It doesn't feel conference. It really feels like you are within a circle of friends and just like enjoying. And it's also very loosely organized which we tend to appreciate because i mean we work in open source so we appreciate lo lo loose organizations and not too much structure so uh, that sometimes can mean that um, panels are late and that people are <laughs> miss the panels which happens but at the end of the day um, yeah it's really well organized and just like that vibe that we have in riga is is very special let me also stress this point of we're building and all of us are building together. So, for instance, last year at Baltic Honey Badger, people could not pay with Lightning. Uh, at BTC Pay Day, Stick approached us and showed us this POS device that this year now worked almost flawlessly. And it's been a great collab collaboration at this conference, but also beforehand to make all of that possible. And that also shows that uh, Riga and Baltic Honey Badger, everyone here is so motivated to deliver. And it's also for us as a team, being able to have the BTC Pay Day here and being able to be a part of that is also great. Yeah, as you mentioned, we get it solved together and I really appreciate all the help that I'm getting from everyone and that we are getting as a conference, that everyone wants to contribute, everyone wants to do it better, everyone builds, wants to deliver something, uh, not just for their own company, but for a greater purpose. I very much appreciate the enthusiasm, but I want to get back to the BTC Pay app and people are going to have technical questions about how the backend works because basically you are going to be running LDK on the app directly. There is no server per se involved. You're not connecting to somebody else's lightning node or something, right? But you're going to have some sort of lightning service provider, LSP, to which you're connecting to provide the channels and everything else. How is that going to work? 
Yeah, so whole idea is that currently, in order to accept payments through BTC Pay, you have to run a Lightning node on a server of some sort. And uh, you can't do it in a non-custodial way if you're sharing this server with, with other people. Um, so with this technical approach, what we wanted to achieve is basically eliminate... <laughs> I guess I'm the only one left now at the podcast, so even without a host, even Vlad left. Cooks, come on. So, yeah, this is what happens in Blue. <laughs> Vlad is going to have a hard time editing this one out. I have to do some explanations to the people listening to this on Spotify. They're not going to be able to see, but the seats have been changed multiple times. Yes. People joined, people left, but we are back here with Andrew Cooks, who's going to tell us about how this magic application works in the background with LDK and all of that? So it's actually really simple, right? Um, the whole idea is that people want a point of sale app native on their phone um, that makes them you know, very easily able to just spin up a nice UI, nice simple UI to just say, I want to accept you know, five euro in Bitcoin in payments. You click charge and it works, right? That's really straightforward. I mean, we have that through a Chrome browser tab that you can just add to your home screen. But, you know, there, there's nothing fancy about that. Like, you, you don't have a, a lightning node on your phone. So we're going to basically take that approach and add it to natively to a native application on, on the device. The native application on the device is going to be running LDK. At this point, it's been really proven to be, you know, quite solid. Everyone is really talking about it. Everyone is proving that it's actually very useful. Uh, liberates them to, to be able to, you know, build a lightning integration that's really exactly how the, the developer envisioned it compared to all the pain points that we've had in the past. Uh, I think we're going to do great. Um, uh, two weeks is probably not an ideal target, but one year will we'll probably put all the experience we've had over the merchants' uh, feedback for over the past five, six years, and we'll ju we're just going to pimp it out. CryptoSteel is the original Bitcoin cold storage backup, and it's been innovating self-custody since 2013. Designed and manufactured in Europe from the finest and most resistant stainless steel, the CryptoSteel cassette and the CryptoSteel capsule are industry standards. These cold storage devices are made to resist house fires, extreme floods, and physical shocks. You can also use CryptoSteel to store your important passwords, VIP39 passphrase, or Noster private key. Buy your crypto steel today from cryptosteel.com and use promo code BTCTKVR to get a 10% discount. Crypto steel. Secure your Bitcoin like an OG. There are at least two other projects that aim to accomplish similar goals that I have been interviewing in my podcast. One of them is called Lipa and is a service from Switzerland that aims to be a lightweight client just like BTC Pay but for people who only want to use mobile phones. So I guess they have an overlap with the BTC Pay app. And the other one is, I guess, Ellen Bits, which tries to be this modular wallet on top of which you can add any sort of application or use case, just like on WordPress. How do you compare BTC Pay with Lipa and Ellen Bits? So I'm not quite familiar with how Lipa technically uh does things but my understanding is that it is uh, 
centralized company which onboards merchants uh, and then does the fiat conversion for them as well. And I'm not sure if uh, if they're approaching the, the LDK in the same way we are, to be honest. Is it like every device is a node in Lipa or no? Which one? Lipa? E yeah, every... I'm not sure if they use LDK. I I think they use LDK and BDK, but they approach it differently. I think they have like this uh, centralized. And sorry if I'm misunderstanding this. I'm just trying to guess what they may be using. So, my understanding is that they are using like a server. So I don't yeah. think every mobile is like a, a node on its own. I, Though I would imagine they just have a backend server, right? Uh, they would have a backend server with uh, some LDK integration there and they have a lightning node running there, but it's still a centralized company as far as I know, right? So it wouldn't make sense for them to be uh, deploying a lightning node for every user. I think they still require KYC to some degree, so it would be, I don't know, I, I think they would still, it, it wouldn't be very beneficial to them. But again, we don't know the details, so. Yeah, I think better comparison here would be what uh, Breeze and Phoenix are trying to do. Uh, but with the difference that we at BTC Pay Server are heavily merchant focused, so we will be trying to address all the needs uh, of merchants, uh, such as having the ability to issue refunds, having the ability to accept payments through NFC cards, having the ability to handle accounting and things like that. So we are trying to incorporate six years of experience we had with merchants thus far into an application that is not just a wallet per se. Yes, of course, the ba at, at, like, at very like high level it is a wallet, but it is heavily focused on, on merchant as a user. So LNBits, for example, is that comparison is more relevant if you compare it to the BTC Pay server and our plugin system, not really to the BTC Pay app, which is something completely different. Our goal with this is honestly just to allow easy experience for merchants, especially in retail, so in person-to-person -person payments, in uh, physical stores to, to accept Bitcoin payments uh, in a non-custodial way without an intermediary. And as Cooks explained, by incorporating as well uh, LSP specs into it because like we as a decentralized in a way project, we don't really want to incentivize all of these uh, for example, we don't want to be tied to one LSP. We really want to allow as many LSPs as possible to be integrated uh, within our app. And then customer can decide or merchant can decide whichever of them provides the best experience for them. Or maybe we will be smart enough to detect whichever one provides best experience. We, and then we literally want to make it so that the merchant doesn't have to think about channels and whatnot. Like the, the, the feedback we've gotten about the lightning integration we've had in B2C Pay for the past four or five years has been that it's too complicated for them. They don't want to be managing channels. They don't want to think about liquidity. They just want something that works. They want to press a button, enable it, get their store set up, make sure that the POS system is running and that they can click charge and everything will work for the customer. They don't want failure rates. They don't want to see an error message saying no inbound liquidity. They just want it to work. So we'll get there. We have to do that for yeah. sure. And I mean, if you take a look at the last few years, Lightning has gone a long way. Like, if you remember us trying to pay without, within Lightning wallets always caused some, some amount of stress. But now we do have a few wallets and their nodes are pretty well connected and those payments just work 
for example, what we did here with merchants was very impressive. Like I was really skeptical of this, but we really didn't have any problems with actual nodes, liquidity, uh, or channels. The the problems that we had with merchants were uh, poor internet connection, for example, in the first day, which we managed to fix by adding SIM cards to these devices and having better uh, better internet. Or um, what was the other question? Well, we had some problems with NFC cards, but that wasn't really related to Lightning itself. It was mostly like to, to, to the server infrastructure that was running uh, in the backend. Yeah. But like we, we noticed that merchants, for example, when we gave them these out-of-the-box devices who, who already had point-of-sale installed, for them it was pretty trivial. Like onboarding took less than three minutes per merchant. Like they, they asked what we need to do. We just tell them, okay, you type in the amount, you click charge, you can print out the receipt. Here is how you can take a look at your balance and invoices. And they were like, okay, that's it. Oh, that's pretty similar to the credit card experience. So that, I guess with the app, we will try to make that even easier because imagine you install a mobile phone, mobile app. You don't have to think about channels. You just get the point of sale app. You enter the amount and it just works. That's our goal. Now, if we will be able to get there quickly, I'm not sure if we can make those promises, but let's say that in one year, next year for Honey Badger, we will do our best to have mobile app experience so that every merchant can even run a Lightning Node on, on their device. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think that it will, we will be making it easier. I think it's basically just keeping the simplicity that we have right now, but making it the correct way, you know? Um, making it non-custodial, making it unruggable, making it smooth. Um, you know, we can make lightning can be visibly very, very smooth, but underneath you could be running, you know, a custodial nodes, sub accounts. You can have, you know, the the layer three kind of mechanics of sub accounts on a, on a lightning node, which mimics a great experience, but it's not the correct experience. And we're we're aiming to fix that. You know, uh, it might not be smooth at first, but we'll catch up. Uh, I'm hopeful of that at least. Yeah, because like if you think about it, if if we as Bitcoiners are building tools that are at the end of the day mimicking banking experience and introducing third parties, trusted third parties, to take care of all of these things, like in my view, then we fail. Like what what are we building for? Like if we are replacing banking system with yet another similar system then in my opinion that's not the financial freedom that uh, i want to be part of so i guess the app is one more attempt to like make things simpler for for everybody but also like just have non-custodial bitcoin in in very let's say usable way for merchants and yes it may mimic existing experience you're right about that but just like we really think non-custodial is the way. And what we did with this BTC Pay server part is we allowed all of these merchants in retail to accept Bitcoin like that, but sorry, online to accept uh, Bitcoins like that, but like we are targeting to do that in, in retail as well. Yeah, it's, it's a multi-step process, multiple audiences. We have to focus on that. Um, going back to the, to, the, to the question about Ellen Bits, we're, we're not trying to compete or become some competitor with, with them, I think. They have their own use cases. Um, we're very much mer merchant oriented. They focus on a lot of different stuff as well. Um, funny thing is that with the BTC Pay app, you can hook it up. You can hook up the, the, the mobile app as a lightning node to your store on BTC Pay server. And we have a plugin in BTC Pay server that lets you hook it up as a, as a lightning node to your Ellen Bits hub. 
to your LMBits uh, system as a funding source. So you can actually daisy chain all these crazy technologies together and create like a whole experience. Like your LMBits uh, system can be powered by your BTC Pay app running on a desktop or a phone. Yeah, and that, that's a great point. Like what we are trying to do with BTC Pay server is not like to try to be competitors with people. Of course, I mean, when you think about it, like, yes, we are competitors with gazillion of projects, but Bitcoin is still like in such a bubble that we are all each other's users and we are all each other's competitors. But like what we are trying to do is make our stack flexible and modular, as you're saying, so that it actually integrates and allow people to use as many projects as they can and not just like be competitors and try to beat everybody. Like we are not trying to be best at everything. Our core mission is allow people to accept Bitcoin payments uh, now in a non-custodial way. So we are sticking to our mission, but if there are users who want to use other projects and we can like allow them to enter all these different ecosystems easily, why not? Like Bitcoin, that's like the open source way. Just allow everybody to use software in a flexible way in, in, in a way that they, they, they want. I was going to mention that the Lightning Network, as you told in your story has become much more reliable. The payments during Baltic Honey Badger have been, I guess, successful to a 90 plus percent rate. If there were issues, they were because of the bolt cards or whatever were being used. But my question for you concerns the fact that the network, while it became more efficient, it became also more centralized. I guess in 2017, 2018, we were talking about having one node in every home and opening channels with each other to bypass central liquidity pools or whatever. And gradually, it seems like we are gravitating towards these lightning service providers who have all the channels are very well connected. We pay maybe 1% fee for every, what's it called, subatomic swap when we deposit funds from on-chain to a lightning channel. Submarine swap? Submarine, yeah, sorry. This is the drunk cast, so I, I, I had a little bit too much of this. Uh, Actually, yeah. no, I only had one. I I'm guess joking. we need to set a disclaimer as well. We are very tired. So it's where been I'm a long going day. right now is that the network becomes more centralized. And what is your take on the fact that we're going to end up having these large hubs and we're not going to have too many independent nodes run by regular users. I, I see that happening, actually. Um, it's unfortunate, but that's the reality of it. Um, the most important part is that even though we end up in this situation where you have a hub and spoke model, you're still able to be a spoke to connect, being able to connect to another spoke. Just because the, the network is interoperable, running a lightning node and somebody else running a lightning node, you should be able to open a channel regardless of whether they're a huge node or a small node. Uh, that's the most important part. If you're in a node, uh, if you're part of a, in part of the network where the, the main node that you're connected to is censoring people, there has to be a way for you to be able to open a channel and circumvent that. Regardless of fees or whatever, as long as you can do it and circumvent it and make payments pass and flow, then you're okay. Um, obviously, it's um, it's not ideal. I wish we could have you know a real huge web of lightning channel, like a nice graph, but it also works. Hub and spoke is very reliable in terms of in terms of you know network usage of how things work. You know, realistically, you need something like that. You can't just rely on people opening random channels between each other. People have been trying it. When the fees go up, 
people just avoid that. They start closing channels. They're like, we don't want to make, we want to make sure we don't lose a buttload of money later on. Um, so it happens. I think it's okay. It's natural for things to kind of form in this way. Uh, Roger Veer was right. We did end up with uh, with a hub and spoke model, and that's okay because it's not a centralized problem. We can we as long as you can circumvent censorship, you're fine. Yeah, I mean, as long as people have options to switch and use uh, and have options in general, that's that's not really uh, danger for the network. But yeah, you, you're right, lad. Like uh, for us, for this setup to work for us, we couldn't allow every merchant to run the node. In, in the current setups in BTC Pay that we had, because we just cannot manage channels for them. We don't have LSPs integration in a proper way yet in BTC Pay server. And it, in order for this experience to be very smooth on the conference for the next, for the past three days, indeed, it was just one node, centralized node running and allowing all of them to, to, to accept payments. And then we were like separating those payments and like did uh, uh, actually quite a lot of work in the background to also allow hedging against volatility for all these merchants because that's what Cooks did with his Prism plugin and but maybe that's a story for, for some other uh, time because it's like very uh, deep uh, topic but yeah you're right and we also realized that like just imagine if all of these guys could be running their own nodes and then if we as a project can provide them with an experience which is smooth and just does not require any of the tinkering. Uh, and that's what we are aiming to. And hopefully with app, we will be able to distribute and decentralize that power. Uh, so let's see, let's set up a goal that maybe next year in this time, we may have a proof of concept for this. And hopefully payment ratio will be as equally successful. That will be really, really important. I, I, I'm not sure if we can guarantee that, but let's say that that's our goal to, to have next year uh, equally successful payment experience yeah. but in a more decentralized way if we can recreate the exact payment success rate that we had this year with a node on every point of sale terminal that would be insanely perfect like that would be such a good target remember the paper wallet ah uh, yes the good old days when you printed your bitcoin private key on an offline computer it was so fun but not really easy and totally not secure. Today, we have Sadodime, a chip card that acts just like your good old paper wallet, but with all the modern security features and top-notch functionality. It turns your Bitcoin into a bearer asset, which you can easily trade in person. Thanks to NFC, you can use the Sadodime card with your smartphone. Creating a new pair of Bitcoin keys takes just two swipes. Check your balance in real time, create multiple key pairs. Whenever you want, you can reveal your Bitcoin wallet's private key with just a single click. The simple uncluttered interface lets you quickly see if a key pair has been unsealed. Finally, the cold storage you've been looking for. Available now on sadodime.io. Yeah, just imagine that every merchant could run there, <laughs> running, running a node without even having to think about it. Like that's really, really powerful. Yeah. Um, mean, one thing that we forgot to mention, I guess, is the amount of uh, transactions that these merchants had. And this is unfortunate. Like, we ran a centralized server for them, and this is how we know how many. Well, it's not us that we're running, but like somebody who set them up with a server, they they knew how much money each and every merchant made and they knew uh, specifically how many transactions there were so we have data that which says do you want to talk a little bit about data or i mean that for once we actually have data which is actually really good we've been building a product with like no feedback like no real actual usage statistics from day one um, this is actually the first time we have some data to actually build some feed some you know 
actually built and fixed the UI on like, like the, for example, the point of sale graphs were showing empty. Why? Because they're using the keypad and not using like products that they've defined in the in the configuration. So now, we'll, by the next version, we'll have a whole different uh, dashboard for these alternative alternative uh, uh, usage of the point of sale. Um, they've had thousands of payments going through, um, many of them going like many times per minute almost. Um, huge amounts, uh, which is actually really impressive because in 2019, you wouldn't have a payment of over 20 euro passing through. It would always fail. Uh, it was like, oh, okay, I'll send you 100 sats. Woo, 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 lightning works. Uh, but, you know, that's really just a joke. Um, and now, now it's like yeah. hundreds of euros. Even I think we had like payments of what, 600, 500 yes, euros? Yes, just going through through lightning without any problems, yeah, which so. is, I mean, we, we as builders in this space, like we use lightning every day and maybe we sometimes don't see this. Uh, like you're using it, you get annoyed, but like if you just zoom out and see where we were two or three years ago and where we are now, like... There is progress, and I'm sure that in a few years it will just keep getting better. Yeah, I mean, lightning sucks, but it's getting better. I agree. It seems like you guys can never do an interview alone. The last time I interviewed you, there was also Simon from Mempool.space. And this time we also have Anna, who has been to my left, sitting casually waiting for her turn. And this is a double feature interview. On one hand, it was about BTC Pay and the new app. On the other hand, it was about Baltic Honey Badger. And I think Baltic Honey Badger provides a larger context to the entirety of events. And you should have been here. So if you're watching this or you're listening to this, you should feel that FOMO burning you and not letting you sleep at night and making you cry sometimes because you realize you missed such a great, great conference. And it was a one in, once in a lifetime opportunity that you have missed. So I'm going to let Anna take over here. She's also going to get on camera. I'm going to move aside. And I think she has some closing remarks to make about this interview, about this conference, about the meaning of life, about what you should be doing with your own life, about what it means financial to success be an and authentic. Yeah, yeah, as Uncle Rockstar says, to what it means to be financially successful and what it means to be an authentic human being. So Anna, no pressure there. You have to wow. talk about these topics. Uh, I guess this interview is not supposed to be about Baltic honey badger, neither it's supposed to be about me. I just want to give the credits <laughs> to the BTC pay crew who made it all happen. And yeah, it was an amazing experience, like helping guys setting everything up, like being able to witness how it works and being able to contribute and yeah just thank you guys thank you very much and we're looking forward to what we can do next year and on a side note i want to just thank everyone who contributed to this conference it's really a lot of work to make it all happen but i'm glad we did for another year and thank you so much yeah, I just want to say thanks, Anna, for organizing all this for us, for making sure that BTC Pay Day is also well organized each and every year, for helping us with the merch, stickers, and everything we need, and yeah, for giving us a chance to, to stress test our product as well, hoping that next year things will be 
on the same level about it, it or better yeah let's say and like one thing is that people don't realize like I need to emphasize this one more time like the amount of work that whole whole guys and specifically Anna does in the background to make sure that everything works is impressive so thank you for always being there I don't know how you managed to, to organize this and be sane 24 7 yeah thank you Anna thank you guys lots of love Shop and Bit is the online store where you can buy anything with your Bitcoin. Choose between more than 800,000 products, book flights and hotels, and order everything else through the concierge service. With Shop and Bit, you can buy your weekly groceries, get the latest iPhone, upgrade your computer, buy something sexy for your new girlfriend, book a trip to El Salvador through the travel hacking service, and also grab a copy of the latest Bitcoin Takeover magazine to read in the airplane. Everything is integrated with a familiar shopping experience that doesn't track you and deletes your data after the order gets completed. You also get a 3% discount if you pay in Bitcoin. Try Shopping Bit today and use promo code BTCTKVR for a 5 euro discount on your first order. Make sure you subscribe, leave a comment, and like this episode. Thank, Thank you for, for listening. listening.